Don't turn it off now. You need this stuff. Tampa Bay's Tantalk Radio Network. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt. At the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Car sent you. Hey guys, this is Robert from Nostalgic Rating Cars, and you know I dig stuff out of the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Well, I'll tell you what, there's a shop in town specializing in vintage, retro, mid-century collectibles. Everything from toys, games, pinball machines, video games, fashion items, TV lunch boxes, slot cars, models, and more. Bobby, what's the name of that store? The, the Cool shop. shop. Yes, located at 9265 Seminole Boulevard in Seminole, Florida. Give them a shout, 727-201-9489. TheCoolShop.com. The you may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car's been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. What the hell is this? Agent Denham, that is a 1963 Ferrari 250 GT Lusso, owned and raced by the coolest cat who ever lived, Steve McQueen. This was his baby, and now it's my baby. You got Steve McQueen's car parked in your living room? And here I thought you were an ass. I paid a million for it 10 years ago. I wouldn't sell it for 10 times that. We're 65 stories up. How do we get out of here? You don't. This car was taken apart piece by piece and reassembled inside this room. Well, this car will eventually be sold at auction with the rest of your belongings. Only if I'm guilty, Agent Denham, which I'm not. You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another sight to the Twilight Zone. Wayne Carini from Chasing Classic Cars, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers and Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater, Florida. Good evening, Bobby. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing pretty good. Wow, we, we got an exciting show again. We got uh, a very interesting guest coming on. There's a bunch of stuff going on here. Uh, don't forget to check out our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com. If you've missed any of our past shows, you can go to the archive page. Did I say it right this time, Bobby? Archive page? Yeah, podcast. Podcast, yeah. Well, you know what? The problem is if we say podcast, it gets confused because a podcast do. is not live radio. It's just, uh, you know, it's internet radio, basically, okay? And uh, but all shows are archived slash podcasted, so you could go to the podcast page slash I use archive because that's kind of like the history thing. But at any rate, uh, yeah, and you can listen to all two hundred or three hundred and some odd shows. We got three hundred, well into three hundred and thirty now. We're deep in three hundred and thirty. Anyway, and uh, we got some social media activity going on, so be sure and check out our our uh, Facebook, which is GulfstreamMotorsports.com and Nostalgic Radio Cars. And let me see if I do this right. Our Twitter page is at NRC on air. I think I did that right. And we also have now an Instagram page. So uh, I'm kind of moving into the 21st century, uh, getting together here on this uh, social media thing. So at any rate, so let's see. What did we do this past weekend? This past weekend we went to, up to Crystal River, because the Florida Owners Group, which is FOG, or the 356, our local 356 group, had a huge... I shouldn't say huge, but it had a very, very pleasant car show, or we call it the Gathering of the Faithful. Uh, this is the 356 guys now, okay? 
and um, we had a gathering of the faithful up at the Plantation Inn up in Crystal River. So it was a very nice meet, uh, car show, concourse, and of course, more importantly, more importantly, you know, me being the junkyard junkie that I am, or the parts junkie, they had a swap meet there. So the swap meet was actually scheduled for Sunday morning, but there was some speculation there might be some rain, so they moved it a day early, and it was at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So, But let me tell you something. The Plantation Inn is pretty nice. I haven't been up there in a long time. And what was really neat is it's right on the waterway, okay? I mean, it's right there on 19, but the waterway kind of runs right up there, almost to US 19. And uh, so this was there was an amazing backdrop. It was on the lawn in the back, and it was like a little peninsula with a little gazebo back there. And everybody was taking turns rolling their car over where the gazebo is on the little waterway channel there, which is really, really nice because it was a nice... Even though it was kind of like a little channel, but there was a nice open waterway to the uh, northwest, okay? And uh, so it was great for photography. So if you get a chance, you check out our website, excuse me, Facebook page. There's some pictures up there that I think you'll uh, appreciate, really nice. And there was uh, four roadsters there, which is highly unusual. There was uh, two speedsters there, and then a lot of coupes and a lot of pre-A's. So, uh, and just... You know, amongst us Porsche guys, it was uh, a lot of camaraderie, you know, and especially the 356 guys. The 356 guys are a little bit different than the Nouveau Porsche people. Not that uh, the 356 guys don't own some of the older, some of the older guys do have newer Porsches, but then there's the mainstay, the old fuddy-duddy, crusty kind of guys, and I kind of fall in that category a little bit. And, you know, we, I mean, really we don't, you know, past the air-cooled Porsches, we like, yeah, all right, so, you know, it's just a modern, it might as well be a, uh, an Acura and a Sachs or something like that. But um, at any rate, uh, so that was a lot of fun. And then, of course, uh, we kind of buzzed around the neighborhood there a little bit. Fun this really cool little restaurant out there on the Cape. And I guess it's called, what was it called, Bobby? Orzello? Ozello? Um, it or- was Pex Old World Co. Pex? Old World something Co. restaurant. Bar and it was on, and Ozello, right? And yes, that's where it So, yeah, we had, it was right there on, on kind of like this little, uh, actually, it's kind of like a, Again, like a little peninsula. It's at the end of the waterway. It's like nine miles from US 19. It's really kind of cute. So if you've ever been up to Cedar... Tex Old Port Cove, since we should give them a proper shout-out. Okay, yeah, you're you're good at that. I'm, I wing it. Kind of like I still haven't got the St. Pete Grand Prix thing down right or the superboat races that we do here in Clearwater, right? I, I tend to botch that up sometimes, too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, I don't goof up Sebring 12-hour, or did I say that wrong, too, and the... Uh, Daytona 24-hour, which we missed, and surprisingly, surprisingly, I, guess, I think if I was reading it right, Jeff Gordon came in. He was uh, one of the co-drivers with, uh, with uh, I think it was Alan Taylor, maybe. I'm not, I can't remember. One of the guys. And uh, the Cadillac team. So they, Ford, Ford GT, won in its class, but Cadillac took overall win. So uh, big shout-out to those guys, you know. And then, of course, Jeff Gordon, who comes from NASCAR, said, oh, I'm going to retire. But, uh, you know, grabbed the steering wheel, got behind the seat there a little bit, and uh, away he went. So they did pretty good. So, uh uh, big shout out to those guys, and I think it's time we get Bob Varsha on here a little bit in the next couple of weeks because Bob's got to kind of bring us up to speed on what's going on in the racing world because we really haven't followed it that much. We're not really an ESP thing; we don't do play-by-plays and stuff like that. But basically, we're kind of like a human interest show, and we talk about some of the stuff that's going on and get the personalities to kind of you know relate to it and interact with it. So that's kind of cool. At any rate, um, what else? What else is going on? Oh, the next day, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, that's it. Sunday, we, uh, I, me, me, myself, and I, the three of us. Went to uh, Sumter County because uh, the fair, the swap meet was going on. And, of course, again, you know, I'm just a diehard swap meet junkie. So, you know, I had to go up there and check out some parts. Now, what's, what's really sad is we go to these events and we go to these events and we see these guys we've seen for, geez, I've been going to swap meet since the mid-70s. So I've aged with a lot of these guys, you know, from the time I was just a young whippersnapper to uh, now I'm getting to be one of those crusty old guys that we used to make fun of years and years and years ago. Now the young guys are making fun of us. The difference being is in the 70s, you still had cool stuff. In the 80s, we had cool stuff. In the 90s, we had cool stuff. Even in the early 2000s, we had cool stuff. Now, it's just not cool stuff. Too much reproduction junk's out there. So it's rare to find something that's really, really cool. So now you look for other little knickknacks and stuff like that. Or it's become a big social. So you just kind of hang out with your friends, say, hi, how you doing, you know? And uh, that's pretty much what we do, you know? Because pretty much everybody that's ever wanted anything either has it, hoarding it, <coughs> hoarding it, right, Bobby? And, uh, or they're, uh, you know, getting ready to say, well, you know, maybe I'm not going to ever get to this, uh, you know, 1965 AC Cobra that I've had in my garage for 60 years. And I guess I better get rid of it or the, uh, MGTC or the Aston Martin or the Pontiac Trans Am or, or whether a really cool car they might have laying around or, uh, you know, uh, 427 Galaxy or, uh, you know, Z11, 
I guess that's what they call them, Z11 um, 409 Chevy. But at any rate, um, pretty cool stuff's out there, And uh, but it's getting slimmer and slimmer. So now it's just kind of, like I said, become kind of a social thing because the, the, the swap meets are pretty much inundated with, um, with uh, you know, reproduction stuff and, you know, stuff that uh, people are kind of cleaning out the garage. Of course, in the old days when they cleaned the garage, it was cool stuff. Today, it's not. Anyway, so uh, what else we got going on? Oh, yeah, and then I think next week the Sumter County has the 3D auction in, or 3-day auction going on. Now, what's going on this weekend? This weekend is uh, Boca Raton, Raton. Uh, the concourse is down there. Uh, there's a new auction taking place down there. It's called The Finest, okay? And uh, then there's the Jetport Party, which I think is either Friday night. The concourse is Sunday, and The Finest, which is a very nice auction, it takes place on Saturday, okay? And then if you go to floridacarshows.com, you can find out all the other cool stuff that's going on this weekend, and I'm on there as well. So let's just see what's going on. we got the usual car shows going on here every week. I think the uh, the our friends from um, Carlisle, they've got their event coming up in a couple of weeks. Moultrie's coming up in a couple of weeks. Daytona's coming up in a couple of weeks. So from now until March, there's just slammed. Of course, the big thing that we're working up to is the Amelia Island Concourse, the Festival is a Speed event that will be a concourse, the Porsche Works Reunion, which will be there, all five auctions that will be there, um, Goodings, Bonhams, Hollywood Wheels, and uh, I think, and then I think Motostalgia is going to be there. So uh, it should be pretty, pretty busy, plus the cars and coffees and all the other stuff going on, the cruises, the drives, the test drives. So if you've never been to Amelia Island, you need to go to Amelia Island. Of course, if you haven't been to Boca, you need to go down to Boca. So having said that, Bobby, how are we doing on the timetable here? We're doing okay. All also, right. cruising at the Capitol. Oh, yeah, the cruising March at the... March 26th at 12 p.m. Yeah, cruising at the Capitol. So that's one of the shows that we will be doing. We will be... We will be... We will be co-sponsoring that, or not necessarily co-sponsoring, but kind of working with uh, Brianna from the, our friends at the Capitol Theater to help promote that. So big shout-out. If you have any questions, go ahead and visit our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com. Send us an email, and we will be more than happy to give you all the information. And uh, there's another big event taking place June, in the first week in June, and it's called the um, Riverside Race of the Champions. I don't have all the information in front of me, but that's an event that we'll be working on. So if you can make it to Atlanta in June, that's a huge deal. If you're familiar with the Goodwood Speed Festival uh, that takes place in England, or Goodwood Festivals of Speed, it's a pretty amazing event, and it's pretty much who's who in the racing world, around the world, from around the world, Okay, shows up at that uh, Goodwood, Good, I think I'm saying that right, Goodwood Speed, Festivals of Speed. Anyway, so what they're going to do now is our good friend Doug Freeman, who puts on the spectacular concourse on the Ave in Carmel during Monterey Car Week, is now doing this new event. So I will keep you guys informed. There will be something on our website here pretty soon. And uh, so hopefully we'll get some of you guys to drive around and take partake and some of the other events. And, I mean, local car shows are a lot of fun. They really are, you know, and I like going to them from time to time. But the thing is, when you go to the regional events or the larger events, the national events, and, um, or they, when I, you know, kind of like the events where they, you know, there's one here in this part of the United States, there's one in that part of the, you know, east, north, south, west, you know, that type of a deal. You you get to meet different people, but you get exposed to a, a whole different crowd of cars and enthusiasts and that's what make that's what makes our hobby so interesting is the people you know and yeah there's cool cars and i'm sure if you see a a delahaye here at amelia you'll see a delahaye or a delage at pebble beach if you see a trans am over here at one of our local coast shows you'll see a trans am uh out west if you see a shelby up in detroit you're gonna see a shelby down in dallas sure but you know there are some of them are, are different but what makes them interesting is the people so having said that here's a little uh uh, this is uh da 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 da, Mr. Uh, Fantasy, right? Hopefully we're not stuck in it. Um, traffic. Traffic. Yeah. Okay. Little traffic here. Hey, you tuned into the Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back.
Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kirk, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Hey guys, this is Robert from Nostalgic Rating Cars, and you know I dig stuff out of the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Well, I'll tell you what, there's a shop in town specializing in vintage, retro, mid-century collectibles. Everything from toys, games, pinball machines, video games, fashion items, TV lunch boxes, slot cars, models, and more. Bobby, what's the name of that store? The, the Cool shop. shop. Yes, located at 9265 Seminole Boulevard in Seminole, Florida. Give them a shout, 727-201-9489. TheCoolShop.com. The you may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car's been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Okay, we're back, and you tune into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and uh, yeah, we got a number of car events coming up. What else was I going to talk about? You know, it's funny how as you get older, I'm sh- I'm ashamed of myself. I forget things. I just went to the website to go check out some stuff that was coming up here pretty soon, and I've completely forgot about it. But anyway, if you uh, want to find out more about some of the car shows, don't forget to check out FloridaCarshows.com. Did I say that right, Bobby? FLACarshows.com. That's it. Okay, so uh, we got another guest coming on this afternoon, or this evening, I should say. And uh, since it's the time of the year for all these really cool car shows and auctions, and um, the gentleman that's coming on in a few minutes is the founder of this um, new auction, and I'm not going to reveal it just yet, but he came up with a real innovative concept and we're going to talk a little bit about it and he did his first show last year in new york and uh, i was pretty impressed with it. unfortunately i didn't get to go because i had conflicting time schedules but um so we're going to be talking about it. but they're going to be doing their show this year at the boca grand concourse so uh, we're excited to have him on there now let me tell you a little bit about auctions real quick a couple of weeks ago or should i say a couple of weeks, last month was meekums okay meekum had three thousand cars that's a lot of cars you know, so what happens is, is after a while, these auctions with all these cars, it does tend to get a little bit redundant. And you got to kind of wonder, is there really 3,000 people there to buy all these cars? You know, now, believe it or not, a lot of those cars are bought by dealers. A lot of cars there are sold by dealers. There's a lot of collectors, enthusiasts that bring their cars there and sell them because, you know, it's a good place to sell your stuff. Because, well, you know, you don't have to, the no fuss and no muss with the tire kickers, okay? No disrespect to those guys, but there are a lot of people out there that just like to kind of look at your car. Generally, if you consign your car there and you do have a reserve, and I cannot overemphasize, do not sell a car at an auction without a reserve. The only exception to the rule is, is if you take your car out to Barrett Jackson, our good friends out there, they have no reserve unless your car is worth a half a million dollars or more so be prepared okay there's a number of ways that you can do that and in uh in the future here we're going to have some we're going to have somebody on from each one of the auctions okay we're going to have obviously we've had some people on for barrett we've had some people on from meekum we've had some people on from bottoms we've had people on from hollywood wheels we've had people on from uh um my mind just went blank uh, Goodings, obviously, our good friends at Goodings. So they will tell you a little bit of the ins and outs. You know, there's things to know about auctions. So, uh, in fact, you know what? We might even get into that a little bit tonight. I tell you what, because the gentleman coming on tonight is uh, is pretty proficient in the auction world, but he's more than just an auction guy. He's a true car enthusiast. He has an amazing collection of cars as well. And I'm not talking just your basic, uh, you know, Chevelles, Mustangs, Torinos, and stuff like that. He's got some pretty wild exotics. So, and from time to time, we kind of deviate. Now, 
Just to uh, digress just for a second, I want to let you guys know, especially if you're Pontiac fanatics, big shout-out to our friends over at Smoking uh, Smoke Smoke Signals, okay? And there's a new publication out there. I believe it's called Poncho Preservation or Poncho Perfect or something like that. I, 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 I'm ashamed of myself. I don't remember. But the editor of the publication is right here in, in Palm Harbor. So what we're going to do for you guys is we're going to have a roundtable with a bunch of Pontiac guys, and that'll be probably be in another uh, two months after the season here a little bit, so probably around April or something like that. And I'm going to have these guys come in, and we're going to talk a little bit about Pontiacs, or they're going to talk a little bit about Pontiacs, and I'm just going to be the color. We're going to do the same thing with Fords. We're going to do the same thing with Chevrolets. We're going to do with all kinds of cars. So I think it'd be kind of fun. Not to mention we're going to get a little bit more involved in uh, car shows. So uh, Bobby's going to sit there and flip the uh, turntable on real quick, and we're going to be right back with our special guest for the evening. Stay tuned. Don't touch that dial. You are listening to Nostalgia Radio and Cars.
This is Bill Warner of the Amelia Island Concord Delegates, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back, and you are tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And how about a couple of quick shout-outs to Mike and Mike, a couple new listeners, and all our Pontiac friends. And uh, I stand corrected. I just got a text, and it's the Poncho Perfection. Okay, so, all right. Now it's time to introduce our special guest. There were some cues in there, okay, because uh, there was a little thing on the, the smoking the bandit car, because that's an issue going on right now that we're working on. The Jackie Gleason, there was a request for Jackie Gleason. And, of course, you know, the little uh, segue there, a little thing about uh, fishing in Florida and shuffleboard. So, anyway, hey, it's time to introduce our special guest for the evening. And this gentleman is uh, never been on my show before, but he sounds very, very fascinating. And he is the founder of The Finest Automobile Auction. And this is the uh, first time that they're going to be hosting their auction at the Boca Raton Concourse in Boca Raton. I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening, Bradley Farrell. Bradley, are you there? I am, Robert. How are you? Did I do a good job? Yeah, that was awesome. You know, Sonny Boy Williamson the second, and Jack Leeson. I mean, I'm kind of, you know, I'm 42 years old, so uh, smoking the bandit really resonates with me. That was kind of my first, um, you know, venture into seeing a car that I was enamored by. But yeah, so thank you so much for playing that stuff. Okay, well, thank you for coming on the show. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us a little background a little bit, and then let's work our way into this amazing car auction you've got going on this weekend. Sure. So, you know, I am a car collector at the end of the day, always been really passionate about cars. Um, and, you know, from modern cars all the way now to pre-war cars, which is pretty much the cars that I, I like to collect, specifically French pre-war cars. But <clears throat> to step back, and can you hear me okay? Oh, yeah, you're fine. You're coming in loud and clear. Great. So uh, to step back, I mean, I'm an artist by trade. Um, I went to school visual arts in Manhattan. I wanted to be a... Uh, an illustrator, comic book artist, specifically, and uh, that didn't work out so well. So uh, I became a tattoo artist instead. Um, I've been tattooing, well, no longer anymore, but I did tattoo for 12 years. I own my own shop for 10. And um, eventually I just felt like I, I wanted to move on. I wanted to sell it. I always wanted to own a Ferrari. So I sold the shop. I bought a Ferrari, and uh, it was a 360 Modena. Great car, and, uh, and then I started meeting a bunch of collectors through there. Um, I'm a big film guy, so I love cinematography and stuff. Eventually, I started filming for Ferrari North America, uh, their Ferrari Challenge series, and then Ferrari Long Island, and Ferrari Central New Jersey, and so on and so forth. Um, so I was able to meet a lot of collectors through there. Eventually, I started my own car club based around Ferrari guys, and then it just spawned into you know, something larger than that. But it showed me the, 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 the connectivity between networking and being with like-minded people. So I eventually moved into a technology company. I started my own technology company. And um, well, within three years, I exited out of that successfully and then started a digital marketing agency. So I'm probably the most difficult person to market to. And I try to use that in what it is that I display today, whether it's advertising or marketing digitally for the brand that um, has been born called The Finest. But where it all came from was uh, at the end of the day, I, I sold my, uh, my client base of my digital marketing agency. And um, I wanted to, I had a, a 1962 Ferrari 250 GTE I wanted to sell. I was kind of tired of brokers and dealers telling me that they can sell the car better, faster, more efficiently. And I just felt like, you know, I can reach more people through digital marketing. So I give it a shot. That's what I did. And long story short, I sold the car in six days. Um, it was very, very transparent about, you know, what the car was all about. And uh, it was well known in the 250 GTE club. It was also well known that I painted the car, but I didn't take it down to the bare metal. So plenty of room for negotiation and uh the honesty you know got got the car sold i felt a friend of mine had a Countach, low body wanted to do the same thing so uh, i built this platform and uh and launched that car and that car sold within one day so i felt like there was a market here and it's it's kind of tough to you know um make your passion your job i did that a couple of times especially with tattooing and before you know it, you kind of get burnt out it becomes your job but i feel like 
cars have been such a part of my life the whole time that this is this is exactly where I'm going to hang my hat for the rest of my life. Because, as you said on the show, you know, 3,000 cars. I'm not interested in moving 3,000 cars. That's, that's a market for me. Come and bear it. And they do it so well. Um, and RM and Gooding and Bonhams do it so well on, you know, a smaller scale. But the very, very high-end uh, market. So I feel like the finest is uh, at a level where it's mid-market. But they're great cars. They're rare cars. Um, oh, a lot of them are rare cars. And they're just cars that are just kind of eclectic and interesting. So we, we try to curate that kind of style to, to the, each auction we go to when we do. Um, so we did the Elegance at Hershey uh, in last June, which is a great Concours. And then we did Aspen, which everyone thought we were crazy for doing due to logistics reasons and who's going to go out there. But we had a successful sale, and logistics was crazy. Um, but I'm all up for challenges and stuff, and, and now we're going to do the Boca Raton Concours. So I hope that just gives you... Yeah, no, great. Where did the name originate, The Finest? I actually like that. You know, it's just got a certain panache to it. Yeah. Well, look, it's not about, like, the finest cars in the world. It's really about the finest for that demographic. So for Hershey, we try to curate the finest for that demographic. Um, For Aspen, you know, it was, like, 190 SLs, 120 Jags, and stuff that, that there's a lot of money in Aspen, but I don't feel like there's a lot of car um collectors that know exactly what it is that they want so it's to you know, get their feet wet and to help guide them along into um you know 190 sl or um an e-type or something like that it's more about this is where you can get these parts this is where you can fix these things and slowly transi- transition them into a gull wing or something like that um so we we try to curate the cars based on the finest for the area that we're that we're concentrating on. Okay, well that I understand that That's, that makes a lot of sense because, for example, in Boca, there's a lot of heavy American classics. So that would be you know your yeah. V16 Cadillacs, your big Lincolns, uh, Packards, Cords, Auburns, Rolls right. Royces, and things of that nature, and of course some European exotics as well, right? Sure. Yeah. And some sports cars, you know, for the Miami crowd and bring mm-hmm. them up here and stuff. And, um, yeah, but, you know, the other thing is is really to be as transparent as you can be and to provide as much documentation as you can on these cars. Uh, and that's also, like, the finest presentation, right? So for me, like, presentation is everything, being an artist. Um, and many people will tell you that it doesn't matter because you're going to sell cars. You know, people, people are looking for specific cars and they're going to buy them or they're not, um, whether they're you know on the side of the street or on a plinth in New York City or something, you know, with beautiful lighting around it. But I'm all about the presentation, so I feel like that's something that resonates with me, and I need to, you know, I need to, like, walk that walk if I'm going to talk that talk. Okay. Uh, so that's why we only do 50 to 75 cars each time, because I want to I wanna have enough breathing room between those cars. So basically, uh, you know what it, you know what it kind of reminds me of fine dining at a really really nice restaurant. So it's it's the atmosphere, it's the food, it's the ambiance, it's the people, it's the setting, the whole nine yards. So basically, what you've done, you've taken that and applied that to selling cars in an auction format. Would that be a fair statement? Yeah, that's a that's a very accurate articulation of it. Yeah. Okay. Now take us to you had a very successful event last year with the Kino brothers, both Leslie and Lee, who I know, and I was very, very impressed with it. Tell us how the whole concept came about as far as how much leeway they did give you. Did they say, Bradley, we want to sell some really cool exotic cars and, and, and vintage, you know, classics. Come up with a program. What, here's what we have to work with. Tell us about it. Put something together. So I was very fortunate to work with the, the Kino brothers. Um, Lee and Leslie are extremely interesting people, and they're extremely creative. So um, to give me the leeway to do what it is that they felt that um, I was able to bring to the table was, I mean, it's priceless, right? 
mm-hmm. kind of like an open checkbook, and they're like, go do what what it is you want to do, but just have the Kino Brothers brand in mind. So that's why when I chose the place Skylight in New York City, where they do fashion shows and stuff, just a tremendous, you know, 60,000 square foot building that's all white, um, spectacular, they do runway shows there and stuff. And when I walked in, I don't know, I just saw it like, let's just keep it like this. Why do we need to dress it up at all? Let's keep it really simple. Let's keep it about the cars. But let's put all the cars on plinth, like Ralph Lauren did in his museum. Um, it seemed to work really well. I mean, he had black floor, but it doesn't matter. Um, and it was more about a gallery-like setting to, you know, pay homage to the, to the brothers' whole you know, brand of art and antiques and historical provenance and stuff like that. So, you know, it was it was really truthfully about stripping everything down as possible. Kind of like Google, right? You go to Google, it's the white page and search. Uh-huh. And it's so pretty because it's so simple. And it's not easy to do simple. I think it's much harder to do simple because a lot of times, especially when you have a lot of chefs in the kitchen, they want to add their own spice, their own flavor, their own recipe um, and it can get very muddy very quickly. So the brothers were incredible in that sense because they gave me the leeway to just basically say, okay, you know, go build the team, go design what you want. Um, we love everything that you've done in the past on technology side, on digital marketing, on brand, on all that stuff. So very fortunate to have that, that kind of opportunity. The, um, the setting like you said, it was very simplistic. In fact, you had it laid out. It almost looked like a museum in a way. It was really nice. But take us a little bit forward um, about you know how you did with the videos, the presentation that you did, and the, let's say I'll just loosely say goodie bags with the little small little uh, video things that you gave people, the samples and stuff. Yeah. Like that. that was all. That was innovative. Okay, I mean I'd never seen that yeah. before, and I thought, wow, that's that's a first. I like that. That's very kind of you to say, Robert. Uh, I'm glad that you can appreciate things like that. I think that everyone that came to the show um, appreciated that that theater-like experience. Um, again, you know, coming from the technology background, the digital marketing background, it was about, you know, let's give everybody a gift to remember us by, and it needs to be small enough to fit in their pocket, and it needs to be something that they can open up and watch all the time, and just, uh, it's like the best marketing tool take away from because you don't have this huge catalog and under your you know your arm and it was just the thing that you know like a little box that you opened up and it played a video and it was it was great so i'm glad that it resonated with you um uh, as far as the innovation side you know there's a lot of times where you can go too far forward uh and try some new things that don't work that's that's a common thing that, that takes place when you try to innovate. And my thought, and it didn't work out so well, I mean, it's very pretty to watch on YouTube and such, but I don't come from the auction world, so I didn't know that there was, like, this vibe in the room that needed to continue when you sell a car. I just felt like because Skylight Studios is in New York City, you can't roll the cars through. So all the cars had to stay on their plinth. We had, to, we had to drain all the gasoline out of them. We had to turn off all the batteries. I mean, it was, it was a, serious, a, a serious undertaking. And I think there was only like maybe 42 cars or something. Um, but it was still a huge undertaking. And I came up, you know, coming from film background as well. I said, let's just film every car so people see that these cars are actually driving and they're running and, you know, it's something that you want to buy. And so every car had its own video. And I think that um, it worked to a degree because it kept people entertained. But I think it sucked the energy out of the room as far as when a car got sold and you had to wait another you know, minute and a half for another car to, <clears throat> to come up on the block. So there's some good things. It's good takeaways from that and, and some things I wouldn't do again. Uh, when we did Aspen, we only did three videos, and there were some pretty major cars that we had. So... It worked out well, and people came up to me afterwards, and they're like, wow, I really like that, you know, because it wasn't, it just wasn't like a 30-second or 60-second thing. It was like a tiny short film, so you you felt like you were, and the lights went down, and it was very theater-like. 
So it felt like you were part of some kind of film festival along with an auction. Your uh, your event in um, at, at, uh, at the one for the Kino Brothers, that was in a building, and I believe Hershey was in a tent. Aspen may have been a tent. What are you going to do for Boca? Yeah, so um, Hershey was in a tent. It was a massive tent, 60,000 square feet. Uh, it was spectacular in every way. And, um, and again, we only had like 50 cars there. So to have 60,000 square feet and 50 cars, you can imagine, you know, the, the kind of presentation that, that you experience when you walk through the door. Um, and it was great. Uh, Aspen was a hybrid of both. So we took over the parking lot, but we put over, we, we laid down red carpet on the entire parking lot and we staged it in a way that it was, it felt like you were going to the Oscars or something. And then you walked into a tent where, where the auction took place. Um, and here, very fortunate to have partnered with Rick Case, and he's such a great guy, um, and, and the Boys and Girls Club of Broward County uh, for the charity, to, and, and as well as the Boca Resort Club, um, to, to do in the ballroom. So we have uh, two rooms. We have one room that's a preview that's still in a ballroom. And then we've taken over the Meisner Center for uh, the actual auction to take place. Now, the only downside is that the cars, due to the fire marshal, they can't drive through. So all the cars that you know, do drive, will be, um, it will be announced prior to auctioning each of those cars that these cars do drive. Um, but we'll have to push them through, which is which is a bit unfortunate because you know, car guys like to hear the cars. That being said, in the morning, we do have a breakfast um, at 8 a.m., and um, you can hear the cars running outside should you be interested in something. Well, that's good. Now, let me let me get your thoughts on, you know, you mentioned that, like, for example, typically at, at a lot of auctions, let's say the boutique auction, which is were the category that you fall into. So we'll just say the boutique auctions like yours, like uh, Goodings, like Bonhams or Hollywood mm-hmm. or RM or somebody like that. The static auctions versus pushing the cars up, because that's generally what they do there. Now, unlike Meekum and Barrett, they drive them up. But the, the, more, the more boutique ones, they generally push the cars up. So your thoughts on that? Well, okay, Gooding is absolutely incredible as far as presentation goes. I think that they raised the bar in a lot of ways. Um, years ago, and they continue to, you know, stick to their truth, which is three auctions a year, and I love that. Um, but they drive them up, and it's because they have a tent. Okay. Uh, they don't do it in ballrooms. So they drive them up, and then they push them out. Okay. Uh, RF does the same thing, drive them up, push them out. Bottoms is the same thing, because they're in a tent. Um, you know, there are some auctions, like uh, at Amelia, where RM has to, you know, kind of push them in a little bit, and then it goes on like a a carousel or, you know, a, a turntable, mm-hmm. and it just like turns for a moment, and then it goes back out. Uh, and that's, it's really due to, like, fire marshalling and also the the um, you know, the venue itself, not really allowing where those cars enter and how they exit. If there's only one enter and exit, and that's kind of what they have to do. Mm-hmm. So for us, this is the first time that we're really not driving the cars. Aside from when I was involved with Kino, I mean, the cars couldn't even go up on the stage, right? That's why I had to show so many videos, kind of entertain people's eye. If you had... Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Finish. No, I don't know if I answered the question for you. No, no, no. You did, you did... Well, you were going to... I was going to say that, that your your preference, in other words, it does it... You, in other words, the way you did Kinos was basically through video. The cars were static versus, let's say, pushing the cars or driving the cars up. Do you think it really matters that much to the buyer? I guess that would probably be the well, best way. Yeah. So I think it depends on the buyer, you know. Like, I'm really interested in the new collector. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in new clients, and I think it's important for them to see. Okay. Because they're already reluctant to get into it. So now if they're seeing us push it, it's like, oh, this thing doesn't run, and blah, blah, blah. Right? Um, the older generation of collectors out there. I, and I really don't think they care because they know what they want and they're so in tune to the industry that either they've been searching for a car like that or they've been, you know, scouring the internet um, for 
real information that they can soak in and say, okay, this chassis number, you know, this car got hit in 1962 and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And that's what I try to bring to the table also. I don't try to cover anything or blanket anything. Um, I mean, if it got hit, I'm going to say it. It was involved in an accident, you know, but it was 1962. How many cars have not got into an accident? The 60s or 20s or 30s or, I mean, it's just, especially race cars, it's ridiculous, you know. Oh, yeah. To show a race car that's absolutely perfect and, I mean, anything that goes wheel to wheel or something is going to be messed up. It's going to have some action. All right, that's good. Now, we got a few minutes left, so what I'd like you to do is basically, if you sure. want, um, you and I are both on the same page as far as, and more and more people are getting into it, but I've always been this way, is survivor cars, original, unmolested, and you touched on race cars. Just like you said, I mean, a race car is a race car. It's not perfect. They weren't even that perfect when they were new. Right. Your thoughts? Right. Uh, I, I really gravitate towards the original cars more okay. than anything because they're much more difficult to find um uh so i'm a huge fan i showed a car at pebble beach just this past year a preservation bugatti and it was awesome you know i mean the it looked like it i mean it looks like i think people were taking bets whether or not i would finish the tour (laughs) (laughs) because it just doesn't look like it's going to finish you know but and you know i broke down twice and fixed it and rocked this off and you know did what I needed to do, and I made it across. But at the end of the at the end of the day, I mean, survivor cars is what what really gets me, you know, really jazzes me up. So I'm all about it, just like you. Okay. Now profile for us the buyers. Now I'm 60, so I'm a little bit older, and I'm old sure. school. The young people like yourself. Now you're younger than me by a little bit, and sure. so. You like and you seem to appreciate the survivor cars. Where's the trend? Is it still kind of like a mix? Because when you go to these auctions, again, Goodings, RM, Bonham, Hollywood, yourself, and everybody, uh, the cars are like better than they were new. Is that yeah, what people well, I expect? Think that, I think that the younger generation doesn't really know enough about survivor cars and preservation. They'll look at them and they'll say, why is that thing here? Because they they're, they're not saturated in the industry enough to really know. They, they know that it's something interesting, but I don't think that they are ready to wrap their head around what it takes to preserve a car. So they get a bit reluctant, and they pass it by, and they want something that is shiny and looks like a trophy um, that they can show to their friends. I think some people are embarrassed to show a car that, you know, doesn't tick all the boxes and look like a piece of jewelry. So I think for the older generation, such as yourself, which, by the way, you sound like you're 40. Um, you know, I've never met you, but you sound very young. Um, I think, again, it depends on how saturated you are in the industry to know what it is that you like. Um, I think that the guys that are buying goings that are more money uh, unrestored than restored are very educated, and they know what they're getting into. And hopefully they don't restore it. Right, or they mechanically restore it, and they just keep, um, you know, they want to drive it, but they, they keep it as original as possible. Okay. If someone says to you, "Well, in," and keep in mind, I'm sixty, and and mm-hmm. look at the profile of the buyers now. Okay. Mm-hmm. In twenty years, this car should be worth, blah 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 blah, a ton of money. What is your what is your thought? Not what your response is, but what's your thought? What are you thinking when somebody says that to you? Um. Of, the, all, right, funny let me, all right, think about it for a second. I'm going to answer it. Listen, I'm going to answer it. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I'm not. Um, it, it will sound funny coming from an auction house, right? Yeah. But I don't care. Like, I don't want to try to convince somebody that they should buy something based on value, especially an automobile and a historic automobile at that. They have to like it. They have to know about it. They have to understand it. They have to want to understand it if they don't already know about it. Um, and it can't be based on value. So I won't really stick my neck out and say, you should buy this based on value, because nobody knows. That's exactly right. Nobody knows. And, the, and the, the value that you can extract from that automobile, taking your family on a trip or going to Pebble Beach or going to a local car show or just you know, enjoying washing it or not washing it, all of that, you know, that kind of value is far more important to me than making a million dollars. Okay, fair enough. You're a car enthusiast. Yeah. 
The retromobile is coming up. Are you going to attend in, in well, France? Unfortunately, my auctions are oh, at the right. same time. <laughs> that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. And I love, yeah, I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's the world that really speaks to me more than anything. Um, I collect French cars, so all of those cars there are really important to me. But no, I won't be able to attend. Okay, but you've been I there did before. buy a car from the Ballon collection. Okay. Uh, you know, the big French collection and stuff about the Lodge. Uh-huh. But, uh, but and, and those cars, believe it or not, are not as, I mean, some of them. Like mine, is nowhere near as destroyed as what people believe they are to be. And it actually runs, believe it or not. You know, we got it running in three days. Amazing. Wow. Bradley, we're out of, up against the clock real quick. Give everybody the uh, how to find out about The Finest real quick. Yeah, sure. So you go to thefinest.com, and you'll see that our Boca Raton auction is February 11th, uh, this Saturday at 10 a.m. And then in the future, we're actually, we have a 50,000-square-foot warehouse that's our headquarters, and we're going to be doing quarterly auctions online and uh, invite only uh, to that facility. So it's uh, really exciting, and I'm glad to be a part of the industry, and thanks so much for you know taking the time and, and being interested in what what I have to say. Super. Well, Bradley, thank you very much for coming on. Again, uh, I want to thank our special guest this evening, Bradley Farrell from The Finest, and this weekend at Boca Raton. Bradley, with a little luck, I'll be down there this weekend, so I'll stop in and uh, hang out with you guys for a while. How about that? I really look forward to it. Thanks so much, Robert. Okay. Hey, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in to Nostalgic Waiting Cars. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfStreamMotorsports.com. Don't forget to check out our podcast, Nostalgic Waiting Cars. Like us on Facebook and follow us on, uh, what is it, Bobby? Twitter, at NRC On Air. And Instagram and... Instagram, oh. GolfStream Motorsports. And, uh, and Facebook. Yes. And Facebook, that's right. Okay, hey, in the meantime, everybody, stay safe, drive carefully, love your family, and we'll see you at some of the car shows. Telling tales out of school, but there's a fella in there who'll pay you ten dollars if you sing into his can. Downtown Dave. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. It broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater. FM 106.1. WDCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills. FM 104.3. Listen. See ya.